This is Matt Neely, and you're listening to the Titans Film Room Podcast. Welcome into the film room. This is the Titans Film Radio Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Graver. My other host is with me, as always, James Esparza. And we are going to talk about the Titans win over the Jaguars, a dominant performance by the Tennessee Titans. They moved to 6-5 and five on the season, in the thick of the race for the division, for, for the wild card, for the playoffs. And who would have thought we'd be here just a few weeks ago? And we're going to dig into all that, how we feel about the team now, chances for a playoff push, looking ahead to the Colts, Brian Tannehill, his performance, how he's done as the starter so far in Tennessee, just blowing away expectations. We're going to get into all that and more on the podcast. So here it goes. Call there, Mike Keith on Titans Radio, um, with the call on Derrick Henry's 74-yard touchdown run that really helped jumpstart the Titans after they scored on the previous drive with the Dennis, Dennis Kelly touchdown. A great game. The Titans crushed the Jaguars, 42 to 20 final score, and they did exactly what we said uh, on our last show. We said the Titans should dominate if they could avoid penalties that hurt them and killed drives, if they could get Derrick Henry going, and if they could contain Leonard Fournette. They did exactly those things. And I mean, it was way better than we ever even expected. James, how you doing? Thoughts on the game? Where are you at with this team? I got a britches report for y'all. Oh, the britches are off. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, I still have to see this game against the Colts. Did you say the britches are off? The britches are off, man. Yeah, I'm so excited. Pants off. Uh, that's it. That's it. I love it. But, um, you know, I got to wait until this Colts game. I feel like that's like the biggest thing we have to get off our back. We've always kind of had the Jags number, even though we did lose the first game. But, uh, you know, if we can beat the Colts, I, I think we got a lot of momentum going into this game. I'm all in. I can be all in. I'm ready to be. I'm ready to be bought in again. They're showing me consistency. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has turned this team around. This team has turned around. I'm ready to go. I am not all in. I'm sorry. I hate to be like a negative, yeah. negative person who's like bringing it down, but like the Jags are bad. <laughs> the Jags are the kind of team where if you don't get down early, we talked about this. If you don't get down early, you can you can roll over. They they roll over. You can steamroll them, and they that's exactly. Yeah, but are the Chiefs bad? No, I mean, hey, I'm just not fully back in because. The Titans were in a similar situation last year where they beat the Patriots and they beat the Cowboys. Two huge wins. And then they had the Colts on the schedule next in Indy with a chance to set the tone. And that was the game where Mariota got hurt and didn't even finish the game. And it was horrible. And like they came out against the Colts and they were terrible. And I understand Mar- Mariota's not playing anymore. Maybe Ryan Tannehill will be different. And if he is, then I'll be back. But they got they got one more they got to do one more to reel me fully back. I guess. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, you can have your, you can be bought in. I'm just, I'm af- all in. I'm just afraid of being crushed again. The way the Titans crushed the Jags. Titans average 9.1 yards per play in this game. Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon, our buddy, tweeted this. That is a franchise record, passing the previous record of 8.8 yards per play set in 2003. So a franchise record yards per play in this game. You just had to hand it to Arthur Smith and the players. A great job of play calling meets execution combined for excellent success. You saw a lot of play action in this game. In fact, Ryan Tannehill used play action on 64% of his dropbacks on Sunday. 10 of 10 on those dropbacks, 21.9 yards per attempt, and he ran in two touchdowns. It was just a dominating day for the Titans. Henry rushed for 159 yards in this game. By the way, James, can I just say really quick, on our last podcast, when we went into our score predictions, you predicted two Derrick Henry touchdowns. How many touchdowns did he score? Two. Two. I predicted Google. I predicted 150 Derrick Henry rushing yards. He had 159. Anyway, so good job to us. And 136 of those rushing yards by Derrick Henry came after contact. I mean, this guy's a monster. He's a beast. Ryan Tannehill, currently the highest rated quarterback in the NFL as a starter. So for some reason, we're just going to take only the games he started. So we're going to just nudge the Broncos game where he came in through two interceptions. We're going to push that under the rug. That's gone. Everyone forget about that. So all these tweets you see about Ryan Tannehill have the the qualifier as a starter in them, by the way, just just to put that in perspective, but it's fine. It's fine. Four and one as a starter and the highest rated quarterback in the NFL, according to QB rating, 114.9. He currently leads the NFL with 9.2 yards per attempt. He's just been a beast. I mean, he's been everything the Titans could have possibly wanted a quarterback to be above and beyond expectation. And uh, he posted the, the second highest PFF grade in the, t- in, the, uh, in the PFF era, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, so whatever you make of that, second highest grade, higher than any grade Marcus Mariota ever achieved by seven-tenths of a point. Titans just dominated. I mean, I've said it three times. What more can you say about this game? It was over in the third quarter. Nine minutes left in the third quarter. Big Cat Country, the, our sister blog for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. had tweeted out and written and posted an art, published an article about the Titans ending the Jaguar season. Still nine minutes left in the third quarter. I accidentally tweeted out from the MCM account that there was nine minutes left in the fourth quarter because I couldn't believe that it was only the third quarter. I just assumed it was the fourth quarter based on the score. So just a great game. Should we, um, should we get to our awards? Uh, yes, but before that, I think I want to start a GoFundMe so we can get Derrick Henry a uh, custom-fitted Jaguar coat Ooh. so that he can wear during games like this. Anyway, yeah, let's get into the awards. What are our awards? So our podcast has awards that are coveted by no one, but still. We're bringing them back. We're bringing been, them back. Uh, we started this lazy. a few months ago. I I don't know. Preseason might have been the last time we actually gave out an award. But, Pretty much. But we're bringing it back. Yeah, it's been an up and down season, so I mean, we can give ourselves a Zeus Award later. But anyway, uh, we have three different awards. We have the Play of the Game, which is pretty self-explanatory. Um, we have the Atlas Award. Um, Atlas was known for carrying the world upon his shoulders, so we're giving this to a player that put the team on his shoulders. 
And then we have the Zeus Award. Zeus was known for um, pretty much banging everything with a pulse. Uh, kind of um, like, I don't want to curse, but effing things up. Right. So we give that to yeah, a team or a player that effs things up for either the team or themselves. So Zeus obviously locked away the Titans, according to Greek mythology. And we are the Titans. Yes. We are not the Greek gods. So we hate Zeus. Zeus is bad. You don't want the Zeus award. <laughs> no, no, no. So without further ado, let's get to the awards. We will start with the play of the game. Play of the game. 15. Wow. The Titans scored six touchdowns in this game, and we gave this award to a non-touchdown play. James, why? Because while that Derrick Henry run for 74 yards was amazing, again, he did it again, I gave, the, I gave it to Darren Bates because this is the play that put it on ice because Derrick Henry scored right after this. Right. And this really just killed any momentum the Jaguars even thought about having. And... It was just to play the game in my eye. Yeah, but it was 21 to 3. And then Darren Bates rocked the, the kickoff returner. Derek Henry ran the ball in on the very next play and made it 28 to 3. Huge, huge lead for the Titans. Plus, how do you differentiate between all the different touchdowns? Like, they were all great. How is Derek Henry's touchdown so much better than AJ Brown's 60 yard touchdown? You know, so like, exactly. let's keep it fair. Let's move on to the Atlas Award. Definition. Put this team on my back. One's will to carry the team and not let any obstacle come in between. A desire that you must achieve. Tannehill rolling right, rolling, rolling. 20, 15, Tannehill 10, Tannehill 5, Tannehill in zone. Touchdown Titans! What a run! Ryan Tannehill, 21 yards to Peter and the Titans after on first blood. Derrick Henry received strong consideration for this award. Strong consideration before anyone freaks out. But it's Tannehill. Correct. Yeah. Four total TDs. Yeah, Derrick Henry had two rushing touchdowns. So did Ryan Tannehill. I thought <laughs> that Ryan Tannehill had two passing TDs. Ryan Tannehill was 14 for 18 passing for 259 passing yards, two touchdowns, 155.8 QB rating. He had 44 rushing yards, but he then he had to take a knee. So he ended up with 40 total rushing yards um, on the record books. And uh, what more can you say about this guy? He's just playing with, he's playing with grit. He's playing with toughness. He's playing decisive quarterback play. He's got a good feel in the pocket despite the one strip sack, which did happen. Yannick Ngakwe beat Dennis Kelly around the edge. Um, Dennis Kelly was in for one play because Taylor Lewan was on the sideline. He was shaken up, so he had to take a playoff. And the one play was a strip sack, which you can't really put on Tannehill because it's just a great play by a great defensive player. Those happen sometimes. Um, Tannehill, I already read you a bunch of other stats about the highest grade, second highest grade in the PFF era among Titans QBs. I mean, he's been great. And if he continues to play like this, which 
is a big if because this is a higher level than he's played. He's playing like one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, like what more do people want <laughs> from their quarterback right now? Um, he's the first Titans quarterback with two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns in the same game since Steve McNair in 2001. The Titans scored 28 points in the third quarter, the most they've scored in any quarter as a team since 1991. I think Derrick Henry had two touchdowns in 16 seconds, which is the most since the Damian Tomlinson. Correct. In 2006. Yes. Insane. Look, I would love to give this award to Derrick Henry, and if there was an Atlas second Derry, it would go to him, no question. Um, but the defense also played great. We can't let this go. Um, the offense is going to get a lot of attention. They scored so many points in this game, and they were so successful on a per-drive basis and a per-play basis. The defense, until the game was out of hand, held Jacksonville to just three points. Harold Landry's really coming on. He had another sack. His yes. sack his fourth game in a row with a sack. And I know we are going to talk a lot about the offense and that's what the focus is going to be, but don't let it slip away how well his defense played too. Yeah, and to give Landry some, well, not just Landry giving some, giving him some credit, but I mean, he's had a sack in every game that Jeffrey Simmons has started, so. That's right. Credit to Titans Tape for tweeting that out, right? Yep. Titans Tape. Shout out. And, uh, with that, we'll move on to our final award, the Zeus Award. Tony, it was a tough day and, a, and three tough days, really, for Jacksonville. This is the third straight loss within the division. You talked about it, the third straight loss also uh, by a wide margin, 20 points or more. Well, if you look back, the last two weeks, it's one possession football games at halftime. Right. And you get blown out of the park in the second half. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars Radio Network. Um, yes, we're giving the Zeus Award to the Jaguars as a team. They they screwed the pooch in this game. This was their last chance to keep their season from going down into nothing. Worthlessness, it's over for them now. Jack season is over. Titans ruined the Jack season. That's great for the Titans. I love it. And we couldn't, there's nobody to give the Zeus Award to on the Titans in this game. I mean, all three phases played well. Yep, yep. Successful game all around. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk more about Arthur Smith. And we're going to talk about if this team can really go on a run and what we think about this. Um, What we've seen and how, how our beliefs change on such a crazy week to week basis, everything changes. But this is where we're at now, and we'll talk about it as soon as we come back from this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This place is going insane. 
Yes. Wow. Derrick Henry's second touchdown there. Gotta give Derrick Henry more props because I feel like we, we snubbed him of the Atlas Award in the last segment. He's a team player. He'll get over it. <laughs> um, let's talk about Arthur Smith because a few weeks ago on this very podcast, I sat here and said, Arthur Smith, there's no way you can bring him back next year if things don't turn around. I mean, I'm still kind of on that train. I'm definitely not on a no way train like I was a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think we still have the most negative plays in the NFL. So if we got that's not going to change, though. I don't know, man. It's not like our negative play count can go the other way. Like we are where we are. True. So as long as the negative plays per game go down, which they have been. Derrick Henry did have a negative rush in this game, but he didn't have any in the previous two, either of the previous two games. Right, and there so. were some bad screens that uh, I think it was Khalif Raymond got lit up like five yards behind the line of scrimmage. That was a reverse. Yeah, I didn't think that was an ill-timed reverse, and that was probably his worst play call of the game. It's funny, he threw, he called a uh, Derrick Henry pass, and then he called a pass to an offensive lineman um, within, what, two plays of each other, right? <laughs> so. so, I mean, the creativity is interesting, and that's good. I mean, it worked. When it works, we're not going to criticize it, right? We are about process over results, but the process, I think the process has been good the last two games for sure. And the the Panthers game was frustrating, but at the same time, so many offensive penalties in the first half, it's hard to assess really what the game plan even was. And they came out in the second half and they handed it off to Henry and they ran the ball 11 times in one drive and scored a touchdown. And it was like everything we said they needed to be doing. So look, it's hard to... Um, it's hard to keep the full year in perspective, but I do think we have to weigh the most recent games stronger because this is a rookie play caller, not just a rookie play caller, a rookie offensive coordinator, never installed an offense before, never taught his players his offense, never called plays in an NFL game. It take There's a learning curve. Like we knew, we've said this all along. We knew what there would be. And I'm not trying to make excuses for, for bad calls earlier in the season, but I think there's been a really steady improvement across the board on the offensive side of the ball, the use of Deion Lewis, particularly, he didn't have any touches in the Kansas City game. In this game, he only had, I think, eight or ten snaps, something like that. But the, when he did play, he was used really well. He picked up, I think, 14 yards on a third and eight on a screen pass. Like, those, that's what he's here for. And it worked out really well. There was great blocking in space by Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan on that left side, getting out and moving. And that's... Uh, that's how you use those guys. That's how you use those linemen. That's how you use Deion Lewis. So I think we're seeing it. 64% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks were off were play action used in this game. Like that's what you, I mean, those are the things you want to see improvement, helping the quarterback. Like as I've said on this podcast, like the aggressiveness percentage that Ryan Tannehill has been at, he was 33% against Kansas city, which was tops in the NFL this week. He was down to 16% which is a much more sustainable rate for, for an offense. And a huge reason for that is all the play action passing got wide open receivers over the middle. Corey Davis, AJ Brown, AJ Brown's touchdown was on a play like that. He had another big catch off play action. Corey Davis had a big, big catch off play action. Those are the things that you want to see from your offensive coordinator. And I have no complaints with the way Arthur Smith called this game. And if I have no complaints, then what are we talking about? You know? Yeah. I get, um, I guess if he finishes strong at the, with the last, what, five games? 
Right, right. I, and um, I'm not sitting here saying that it's over, you know, and that he deserves a, a raise and definitely should be back next year and all that. I'm just saying, as we're tracking it throughout the season, I said, unless we see a huge turnaround, he shouldn't come back. Well, we've seen a huge turnaround. So let's see if it continues. Yep. The Colts game is going to be a real test because the Colts have just always had the Titans number, it feels like, um, outside of 2017, which was the year they swept them. It's been a really tough go for the Titans and the Colts, and that's the next game. That game will tell us a lot about this team. Oakland lost to the Jets. The Steelers beat the Bengals because the Bengals are terrible. They're switching back to Andy Dalton. The Bengals are a complete mess. Um, still haven't won a game. The Steelers are 6-5 and five and currently hold the wildcard spot that the Titans are chasing if they can't win the division. The Bills won. The Bills beat the Broncos uh, handily. The Bills' schedule is about to toughen up a lot. Um, the Browns, though, and the Steelers do not have tough schedules. So those are the teams that the Titans are competing with for a wild card spot if they can't clinch the division. The thing is, they can clinch the division, but it starts in Indianapolis this next weekend. They have to beat the Colts if they want to have a chance. They cannot go one and three in the division. They have to stay afloat to compete with Houston. I mean, can we even overstress the importance? This feels like a must-win game, right? Oh, for sure. It's a total must-win game. Not only is it just kind of exercising our own demons, um, we, we, I mean, we just have to do it. I mean, we, we've shown the consistency we've been asking for. Now can we show this consistency, exercise the demons, and actually make a push for the playoffs going 10 and what, 6, 9 and 7, 11 and 5, all real possibilities? Yeah. Can, can we? Can we? This game will tell us if we can. Yep. Um, so the, the Titans still get to play against the Raiders. So that's a must win for division or, or wild card. Obviously, the Colts is a must win. They still have the Texans twice. So, I mean, if in a theory they could maybe split with the Texans, they could maybe lose to the Saints. We're going to win both of the Texan games. And they could maybe slip in at nine and seven, just throwing it out there. I don't think they can afford a loss to the Colts. I don't think they can afford a loss to the Raiders, and I don't think they can afford a sweep by the Texans. But I do think there's a world where they can get in at 9-7, and seven, splitting with the Texans. The Texans, play, um, the Texans play New England next week. So while the Titans are going to Indianapolis with a huge game with their season on the line, the Texans are playing presumably a tougher opponent with their season also on the line. They are at, at home, but... Still a tough opponent, a great defense in New England, even if their offense has been struggling. So that's going to be a litmus test for Houston as well to see if they're really going to be contenders this year or not. Because if they lose that game and the Titans win, the Titans will be tied for the division with Houston. Um, They will have, I think Houston will still be ahead technically because of the division record tiebreaker. But with two matchups head-to-head still to play, that stuff will come into play way later. So this is a huge weekend for the AFC South. Oh, for sure. Um, very exciting. I, I mean, we just have to wait and see. I don't know how much I want to go into predictions, but it's just I'm always skeptical with these AFC South games because it's either it's kind of it's very hit or miss. There's no kind of in between about it. It's just we either get hit in the mouth or we hit them in the mouth, and teeth are flying everywhere, and someone's just lying on their back afterwards. Yeah. And we will preview the Colts game much more in depth later this week. 
For now, I just want to say it's definitely foolish to try to look ahead the schedule and predict wins and losses. We've already learned our lesson with that from this season, looking at the Chiefs game, just looking at the schedule in general. Like, you can't chalk up a game before you play it. That's why you play the game. So, who knows? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just hope that Derrick Henry has a chance to finish as the NFL's rushing leader if he can catch fire. Um, he's currently fourth in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey still leads the pack, also trailing Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, I think. So those are the three guys who are above 1,000 yards, and Derrick Henry is next, just under 1,900-something. I don't know. So that's something to track. He's on pace for 1,400 yards, which is super exciting. Pay that man. How many touchdowns does he have? uh, I'm not too sure. I'm wondering if (laughs) he's double digits. He must have double digits. Secondly, I'd like to give a shout-out to Taylor Lewan because I know you're listening to this podcast. Mm. No penalties. Played really well. Correct. So. I, that, that's, that should be said. I think the whole offensive line played really well. The whole, I mean, everyone played well, but agreed. Agreed for mentioning Taylor Lewan. Way to improve. Derrick Henry has 10 touchdowns. Double digits. 991 pay, rushing yards. Hey, that man. For God's He's on sake. pace for 15 touchdowns. Pay him. Oh, he also has two receiving touchdowns. He has 12 total touchdowns. He did fumble again, but, you know, it was pretty much over by that point. But, I mean, I'm just saying, Tannehill, Henry, clean up the fumbles a little, please. Just, if I just, had to make one little complaint. <laughs> you get paid to hold on to the ball. Hold on to the ball. Hold on to the ball. But the other team gets paid to strip the ball, so goes both ways there anyway all right let's preview the colts later and then until then we'll say good night we'll remind you always please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts just search music city miracles that's us check out musiccitymiracles.com follow james on twitter at south texas titan and you can find me at titans film room that's it i don't have anything else to say I'll beg for your five-star review another day. Not today. Any last words? I love you, Titans fans. Woo! We win. We win. For the boys on three. One, two, three. Run on!